on air is live whenever you're ready, Tom. Narwhals. Go back. Oh, just okay. Go back I to will. the Canadian Labatt Blue Hovel you crawled out of. I will. That's right. I'll enjoy it. Back in the day, when people used cassettes, there was an A side and a B side. Now, aside from the homage to Tom's age, we got into yet another good discussion, which was completely unrelated to the topic at hand. Imagine that. So much so that we decided to turn it into another B-side. Enjoy this additional content, and keep an eye out for our next episode. Cheers! Gabe, are you getting these sleepy? No, man. Do I look bad? Yep. That I never wrote, also and I good. also never meant to read. Pages are blank, <laughs> waiting to be written, <laughs> like I'm written to speak. Oh! oh! What? <laughs> All right, welcome to Pine Class Preachers B Sides, and this one's going to be a little weird, guys, because uh, as always, your host with the most, Tom O'Neill here. Um, but we don't have Gabe because once again, he's got something more important to be doing. Uh, we don't have Josh because Josh is in the middle of moving. And, uh, so what did I do? I went and got our, our good friend Tanner Olson here and Tanner's going to join us for a couple B sides tonight. We're going to record a bunch of B sides. It's going to be fun. Uh, but something that Tanner and I have in common is a love of NBA basketball. And this couldn't actually be more perfect because, um, I don't think Gabe or Josh care or know anything they about don't. NBA basketball. So they don't. Uh, they, they don't. So we're going to talk a little bit about basketball. So if you don't want to just, I mean, there's going to be no theological ties. There's going to be. Well, I would admit there might be. We'll see what we can get to. Don't, I don't want you going into this thinking like there's going to be some deeper meaning. We're literally going to be talking about NBA basketball, maybe a little bit about college basketball in the draft. And that's it. Like, and that's it. So welcome to sports with Tom and Tanner sports time. Wait, here's, here's an important note though. You and I, we finally get to talk because every time I've been on this show, I, I might be interviewed, but guess who ends up doing the talking? It's Gabe and it's Josh. And you and I are just kind of sitting there and every now and again, you'll get something in and I'll just be like, I, I don't know, I know. what they're talking about. I know, so right? I'm excited. I'm excited that we get to, we should get to have a conversation. The People get to hear our voices. We get to talk. Yes. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I'm excited to talk to you about this because uh, I know that you originally are from Florida and now you're in Nashville uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, all the great basketball that happens in Tennessee. Um, but uh, well, it, yeah. And more so in Memphis right now, but Tennessee. Right. And, and, and to clarify, you're, you're right. I'm from Florida, but more importantly, not importantly, directly i'm from orlando that's right i am i am from central florida not so, south florida not where there's the miami heat i am where the orlando magic come from born the same year they became a team it is in my blood it is in my dna i am a proud and sad orlando magic fan and you, and this is something we share because i i see you're wearing uh, friends, we're on Zoom together here, so you're never going to see us. But he is wearing a very nice Orlando Magic sweatshirt here, and that wow. gets me excited because uh, back in the day, uh, after the uh, 
you know, of course, as everyone was, I was a huge Michael Jordan fan and thus a huge Chicago Bulls fan. And then when you got to the years where Michael Jordan retired for two years, uh, all of a sudden you had a little run there with, uh, with the Orlando Magic because they had Shaquille O'Neal, again, one of my favorite players. At, at a young age, I was probably excited because his last name and my last name were uh, were the same, <laughs> albeit spelled differently. And uh, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys look a little bit alike, but you know, <laughs> we both got the bald head. Uh, <laughs> but then, but then uh, they got Penny Hardaway, who was my absolute favorite player uh, outside of Michael Jordan. And because mm-hmm. I mean, for those of you who don't know or never watched. Had injuries not derailed him, Penny Hardaway was the second coming of Magic Johnson. That guy was so pretty to watch. I mean, he could score, he was passing, he could shoot, he played D, he could do everything. And it was, it was so everything he did was just beautiful and perfect and spot on. And it was becoming, he was becoming like a household name as well. Right. And so, I mean, this was, I mean, obviously it was a household name for us, but I was also like five years old when all this was happening. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, I, I, I have vivid memories of like following the Orlando magic at that time, because Mm -hmm. that was what Orlando had. Like we had, we had, we had Mickey mouse and we had the Orlando magic and it was, and they were really good. I mean, they made the finals two years in a row, right? Or was it the finals? We just made it one year. We made it in 95. Uh, right so right. but we and, yeah and then real close the other year though but um man they were fun and so like so you're an orlando magic fan so tell me you know how is that right now because i've got my own feelings on i mean i'm no longer a magic fan because penny hardaway has been gone a long right, time right. now so like right but like let, let for the listener who has decided to stay with us which I can only imagine more and more people are going to be hearing about this episode and are joining left and right. Let me just kind of walk you through the brief history of the Orlando Magic. We started out 1989, not good, but then we get Shaq and then we get Penny and we are, we are really good. We have this, we have a deep run in the playoffs a couple of years. We go to the finals, we lose to the Rockets. We get swept by the Rockets, uh, but we, there's a lot of buzz and people are really into Orlando then this is what happens and it happens again and again and again our star player he leaves he goes to the lakers and then the lakers win a lot and this happens over and over again with orlando throughout the years throughout their 30-year history we get a good player they leave we get a good player they leave we get a good player he gets hurt it just happens over and over again uh t-mac grant hill yeah. Uh, Dwight Howard left, but we did go to the finals with Dwight Howard, but then lost to the Lakers. Uh, so being an Orlando Magic fan has taught me a lot of things, mostly how to handle heartbreak and how, how, why I shouldn't take sports so seriously, uh, because it just ends up hurting you in the end. Yeah. And where, where, where are the Magic right now? Well, we're still not very good. But we do have this little glimmer of hope with some young talents. And here's the thing. I've gotten to this point where it's like, I, it's the thing I like. It's the team I follow. And I'm going to stick with them no matter what. I'm not going to be somebody who's like, I'm going to jump to a different team. Like, that's just not, yeah. that's not me. And I know yeah. some people will just be like, just go, just go cheer for the Lakers. No, I'm not doing that. Oh, that's uh, you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of me. I mean, so. We got the we got the Timberwolves in the same year, right? Nineteen eighty nine. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting as a young boy growing up. But by that time, I was all already firmly entrenched in the Michael Jordan like Chicago Bulls, right? So yeah. like, 
you know, and having Kevin Garnett, that was fun. And, you know, they're the hometown team, so I will cheer for them, I, you know, but like we've been bad for so long, like it's never worth a watch, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I have no desire to turn them on and watch watch them play. Now, in the last couple of years, we've got some good players. we got Big Cat. We have uh, this Anthony Edwards, who I do think is becoming a really good player, like really yes. good. You know, I mean, yes. he's scored. I've watched a couple of games. He can fly. He does it all. He's, yeah, a, he's I mean, a nice piece. Yeah, so I mean, I think he's going to be the guy moving forward. So that so that's nice. But to be honest with you, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, like the thing that I appreciate most is really good basketball. And so mm-hmm. I have absolutely fallen in love with the Warriors. And yeah, and I I am not. I say this, and you can believe me or not, but it's not a bandwagon jumping type of thing in terms of oh well because they won three three uh three finals there out of four years and you know it's because they play beautiful beautiful basketball i mean yeah steph curry is amazing i mean outside of michael jordan i have not seen a player just create art out there like he Mm -hmm. does right there's nobody who's been who's done anything like him and the thing i appreciate is while he is arguably one of the top two or three basketball players in in the country and has been for a long time or in the world yeah if somebody else is shooting well on the team clay thompson being the main recipient of that then steph turns into assist mode and he doesn't care he doesn't care if he only Mm -hmm. scores 10 points like yeah so well and i think the important thing to kind of to note is you and i we both played point guard right you played point guard right like so we and we played for a long time. Uh, I man, I wish I'd still played, but anyways, when we talk about that, that's a, this is not a, a depressing podcast. This is a podcast about people who actually play basketball. But we look at the game from an understanding of somebody who has who has played and been on the court. And mm-hmm. I'm somebody who, when I when I played, yeah, I wanted to score, but I knew that my best ability was to get the right person the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And so watching a team play basketball the way that the Warriors do is it's easy for me to cheer for them because the way that they play is the way that I wanted to play basketball when I was on the court as well. Right. And so it's like, even like, I really, I really appreciate LeBron James in his game. I think that he is a fantastic basketball player. I think he will go down as, you know, obviously top two, top three players of all time, but I don't like the way that he plays basketball. I think it's incredible. I think that what he does is amazing, but I would rather watch, a team play together the way that the Warriors do or oh, the yeah. way that the Spurs did uh, or a lot of the, you know, the, the nineties and two thousands Duke basketball teams played basketball where mm. there was a lot of motion. There was a lot of movement and you could kind of see that they would come at it with these tactics. And especially when you look at the Warriors, you're looking at a, just a, a, a team somewhat of misfits where you have this short guy who can shoot really well. You have a guy who does Clay Thompson doesn't really want to dribble. He just kind of works around their point guard is a six foot nine center. Like it just, it just, but it all, it all works together because they bought in to this team aspect. Interesting stat. I just read uh, Clay Thompson, who you are right, does not like to dribble. He has been a catch and shoot kind of guy, his entire career and a lockdown defender. Um, But his dribbles are, dribbles per possession are way up he used to average like 2.8 and now he's at like 4.9 or something like that mm-hmm. which is like this total 
geek stat kind of thing, but it's how he's had to change his game because of uh, because of the ACL, because of the uh, yeah. the Achilles tear and things like that, that he's not able to do quite. So he needs one more dribble. He needs to to get his shot. So yeah, very interesting. But I. Uh, but no, I, I think that's really interesting how you kind of pointed out, like you and I playing point guard, like we gravitate more towards that kind of, that kind of player. Right. Because mm-hmm. that, that's who I love watching. Yeah. And yeah. I don't need to see somebody dunk the ball. I don't need to see, I mean, I would like to, but I just want to see guys who can, who can move the ball really, really well and are looking for ways to get other players involved. And I think, I know we weren't going to talk about real life stuff in this podcast, But I want to see like, and this is who I look to for people who are leaders and for people who have something to say or uh, are not not seeking attention, but have an audience people. But it's those who want to get others involved, those who are looking for the next person who they can pass something off to or get them up front or hand in the microphone. It's that it's that leader who says who sees the potential in the person in the 12th row and it's like no no you're going to be up front here pretty soon mm-hmm. you know so what I'm saying? that no that's really interesting that you said that because you know my my dad always talks about this when we talk about uh like sports he's like you know the, the catcher is always the smartest person on on the baseball field because he sees the entire field and knows exactly where everybody should be he's calling the pitches you know mm-hmm. whatnot your quarterback is usually the smartest guy in the field. He's the one directing traffic. You know, everything goes through him. It's your point guard is the same way, right? And so I coach fourth grade basketball. And mm. um, I, I coach my youngest son's travel team. And so, and my son is small and he's a point guard. And so I find myself as I'm coaching, talking to my, talking to the kids who play point guard or play guard, and I, I find myself like doing little nuanced stuff with them. And it has to do with what you just said about, it's not just about like directing traffic. It's also about knowing where everybody else should be and also recognizing where the mismatches are and where the opportunities are and things mm-hmm. like that. And saying, okay, I, I can see because I'm out front, I can see what's happening. I can see that there's a mismatch on this one guy. So I'm going to make sure that I get over here and direct traffic so that I can get the ball to this guy, because that's where the mismatch is, you know, Mm -hmm. at all times, the point guard needs to know who's on you, who's on everybody else, where the cuts are coming, who's on the floor, who's a better shooter. What, you know, if you're running down the floor and you got a guy on the right on the left, you need to know that the guy on your left is a left-handed guy or not, you know, and like, or if the, or if the left-handed guy is on your right, I'm probably not going to pass it to him because he's not going to make that right-handed layup, you know? So, has, has this, has this gotten you in trouble in your everyday life where you kind of just like as a point guard, right? As the, as a floor mm-hmm. generals, the person who had the ball and kind of knew what was going on, like your job was to be able to help other people make decisions right Mm -hmm. and your job was to see the how if you did this then this was going to be that the reaction of that has that ever gotten you in trouble with like everyday life because i can remember i would i would do things like in in other jobs that i had and i was like well you know if we just did this then this is the domino effect and you would try to get people to to see that and to be in that position so i and maybe to my favorite oh man we are going to get into real life here so 
maybe as okay so maybe to my detriment i don't necessarily see outside of the bat on the basketball court i see everything i see 10 steps ahead mm -hmm. right like that's yes. that's easy yes. to me Good right job. yeah in real life i don't necessarily see 10 steps ahead you know okay. i more i more see everything around me that's happening right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but only maybe one or two steps ahead you know and so like yeah but and i think that's how i direct how, how i live my life too because like it's why i do it's why i do a podcast because i would like to share my opinion with people right <laughs> yes <laughs> it's why i gravitate towards leadership positions because i think i have not necessarily just my opinion but i think i have a really good sense of how things should be done or where people should be going you know mm -hmm. and I'd like to think I'm right a lot of the times, right? You know, and I think that was that defines people who have been successful and people who have maybe necessarily not been, you know. I I mm -hmm. man, it sounds really judgy and I'm not trying to like this is going to come off badly, well, but like I I don't know, I feel like I I've, I've done okay for myself in in regular life and it largely has to do with like okay, I you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to direct the traffic around me as much as I can. You know, right. it's obviously a lot harder in life than it is on a basketball court, but yeah, it is because there's a lot of other variables that happen and there's not a referee uh, and you don't get to just call a timeout or go practice the next day. But I, I see what you're saying. I, and I think, uh, I don't know, I, I'm really thankful for a lot of things in this life. But one of the big things is that I grew up playing basketball and it's still just, I mean, even though I don't play like I used to, because I mean, you can't, right? You can't, but like, I, I'm able to see things like my, I'm open, but I'm also able to take risks that people aren't going to understand, but I can see it. If only, you know, like, it's like throwing a, a full court skip pass, you know, the, like the, the magic Johnson style pass yep. where you see a guy cut and you're like, I can get it there, but I just got to trust it. And I can see that in my own life. And that's kind of how I, you know, well, that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing is I can see how this can get there. Mm -hmm. I just got to make, I just got to throw the pass. Man, there's so many analogies that we can pull out of this because I think about like, you talk about that skip pass. I have over the last like 10 years got myself into this thing where I throw, like if I grab a rebound and I see someone flying down the court, I will whip that thing underhand in a oh, long yeah. looping arc kind of thing. I can hit, I can hit anybody at any place on the court you know, I, I, I could, ju I just do it. And like, if I saw one of my players do that, I would yell at them so much for that, you know, but like, they're also yes. frustrated and they can't, they don't have the muscle to do it, but like, whatever. Right. Oh, but no. like, but what, why, I why I bring that up is like, that's my style. That's the, that's the way I've learned to do it. That's the way I've found the easiest and best way to do the things that I want to do on the court. Right. So I think that mm -hmm. applies to like, how we how we do our life look i figured out the best the best way for me to parent i've figured out this is the best way for me to earn money in this life mm -hmm. you know and so sure you may do it overhand i might do it underhand it's totally different we might get to the same spot right yes mm -hmm. and so uh you know i mean it's not like we're all coming up with this just off the top of our head but you and i were talking before we started here about like 
what we've learned from basketball, right? And 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 like, how do you apply that to life, right? So I feel like like we we kind of even naturally got into this a little bit. Like we went from Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal to like how we how we govern our lives, right? And so. Yeah. Like, what are some of the other lessons like that you've learned from playing basketball or sports in general? You know, I mean, I think the easy one is like, yeah, we hustle hard. You know, I mean, Tanner, you, you, you are a self-employed entrepreneur. If you don't hustle, you're not, you're not bringing in cash, right? Then I, then I have to go get a real job. <laughs> a real job, right? So, so what, what, what have you learned? I mean, seems like hustle is one of them, but like, well, yeah, I, I mean, and, and I think anybody who hustles is going to say that I hate the word hustle. And it's true. Like, it's not like a great word, but you, you're going to, what you put into it is kind of what you're going to get out of it. And at the same time, like there's this competitive spirit, this competitive nature that I bring to work every day, where if, if I don't, if I don't sit down, if I don't write, if I don't create, I know somebody else somewhere else, someone somewhere else is doing it mm -hmm. better than I am. Yeah. And I'm competing with the people that I don't even know about competing for what I don't really know, but I know that if I don't sit down and write and create and do something every single day, that someone else is getting ahead of me. And I don't like that, you know? Yeah. So there's this, I don't, I don't know. There's this, the, the competitive spirit. Um, uh, you can see, I have a, a picture of Kobe right under mm -hmm. over here. And so like, I grew up in that, you know, in that era watching him and, and obviously his death hit a lot of us pretty hard. Uh, and so I got that after he passed away, but it's just that reminder of like, you kind of come into this with this like Mamba mentality where like, I do actually want to be the best. And for me, it is, I want to be the best. Okay. Hold what on. I do. Hold on. Time out. Sorry. I should have read for those of you who have no idea what the Mamba mentality is. <laughs> <laughs> there's this great story about a rookie on the Lakers who came in and he, you know, he was pretty decent or whatever. And he, he knew that he was coming in playing with Kobe who had a great work ethic or whatever. And th that was a known thing. And so he's like, I'm going to practice starts at 10. I'm going to, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get in an hour and a half early. I'm going to get in two hours early or whatever. And when he got there, Kobe had already like, was already sweating. He had already gotten a workout in and he was already like 200 shots up, you know? So practice happens, whatever they do, they're lifting later that day or whatever. He's like, oh, I'm going to stay longer. I'm going to keep working because that's my work ethic, whatever. Kobe Bryant's still there shooting, still there. And he tried to out, like outlast Kobe. And finally, he's just like, I got to go home, right? And on his, <laughs> way, on his way out, Kobe's like, he's, I don't remember the exact quote, but Kobe's like, the difference between me and you is that you tried your hardest to work as hard as you can. And I'm still here and I'm still going to kick your butt, you know? You know, and that's the Mamba mentality, like, he's going to be there before you and after you and he's going to work harder. And that's why he's going to be better than you. Right. So sorry. Yeah. Mama no, 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 no. no. And that's, and that's it. Now with that though, I also know that I have to rest and I have to mm -hmm. Sabbath, right. I got to take time to not be working, to not be in my office and to escape and to get away. But it is the thing when I sit down to work and to create us, I want to do this the best that I can. Now, I don't know a lot of people who do go to their job and say, you know, I don't want to be the best. We all do. But it's that it's that repetitive nature. It's that coming back to it day after day, looking for ways to be a better creator, to be a better writer. Um, and, and that all stemmed from, you know, back in school mm -hmm. uh, when I was playing basketball. You know, what I learned on the court, how I approached every game and every practice was the same the same way that I approach work every day. Now it, it looks a lot different 
and I don't get as sweaty as I used to. But it is one of those things where if I'm not if I'm not giving it my all, then what am I what am I really doing? Um, yeah. And the outcome obviously is a lot different. Like I'm not trying to win. I'm trying to. It's it's weird, but it's I'm trying to spread hope, right? And that and like yeah. for that to be like a competitive thing, like for that's kind of weird. But at the same but time, but it competitively like, spread spread the word of yeah, Jesus, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes like you know, which which you have, like I remember the the way that I played basketball was just a little bit different from how all the other guys seemed to play. And I was, I was trying to be like Steve Nash, like throwing these weird passes and breaking up sets and all this kind of stuff. And so like what the work that I do now, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, but I can see the value in it. And in and, and my, the guys that I played with, they saw the value in the way that I played and they took a risk and they said, yeah, we want him to be our point guard, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's a lot of, I mean, it is weird to be uh, trying to compare basketball to writing poetry. Uh, because there's this team aspect versus doing it as an individual, but it is that mentality of how you approach each day, wanting to be better and wanting to succeed and help other people win as well. Yeah, no, man, it's interesting that you bring up kind of like that team mentality, because when you think about like some of the, the best players, I mean, Tom Brady, we hear the news today that he is actually officially retired, right? Actually officially (laughs) retired. Right. Um, but but this has been said about LeBron James, been said about Magic Johnson and about, you know, Steph Curry and Michael Jordan and things like that. They're like, they make, they drive and they make their their team better, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you think about like the team aspect, like, hey, we're all in this together. But no, like, depending on who you are, you might be that person that that does actually have a, a unequal and greater exertion of of influence on the rest of the team than others or or you may not and, that, and that's okay too you know mm-hmm. one of the things that is interesting is when you talk about like the hustle and like this is how i'm approaching it especially for you as an entrepreneur like you have to hustle every day you know if yeah. you don't i mean gospel aside and other people aside like if you're not hustling if you're not making calls to set up your next tour or whatever like you're not going to get paid right and yeah. so and as it turns out, that's kind of an important part of this whole gig. It, it is, paid. right? Like you want to eat, you want to provide for your family and things like that, right? So on the other hand, though, I like I will always admit to being the world's laziest defender. Like, like oh, just, defense, just, defense is a waste of time. Let's just be yeah, honest. No, I got to say, those threes aren't going to make themselves. I need to save my energy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, no one looks, hardly does anyone look cool playing defense. That's right. <laughs> so uh, maybe Rodman, that's it, right? Um, yes. But like, I, so going back to my fourth grade team, one, one thing, if you've ever watched young children play basketball, is when you tell them that, that they, okay, you have number five, right? They will stick on number five like glue. If number five goes to the corner, they will go to the corner with them, right? Even though the play is nowhere near the corner and they don't need yep. to be there in the corner, you know, yep. they will follow them around. And if that guy goes way up to half court, they're following them around. And so <laughs> I'm actually pretty proud that I've been able to coach my kids to say, look, at this point in basketball, there is not a single person out there that can make three pointers. If they make mm-hmm. one, it'll be complete luck and they won't make another one in the game. So like, we don't need to worry <laughs> yeah. about it. Right. So like, 
I don't want you to ever go past the three-point line, okay? Mm -hmm. If your guy goes out past the three-point line, fine, let him, cool. If he wants to jack up a three, awesome. Just let him do it, right? And so like I'm preaching this mentality of like, works, work smarter, not harder, right? Yes. And so like, it's almost the, like, these kids will hustle and they'll be like just full of energy following their kid around. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want you to calm down. I want you to come back here. Actually, I don't want you to move. I just want you to stand right here and watch your guy run around and do nothing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just so, kind of be still. Don't. Yes. Right. Yeah. I want you not to hustle. I want you yes. to just be smarter that's about part it, right? Of it. Right. It's like, it's like knowing when to go, when to stay, when to, when to hedge, when to fall back it's 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 playing to the motion and the rhythm of the game right right and some people just don't have an ear for it and, and and i think that's like part of it with your work with my work and the work that we've done in the past is it's kind of it's recognizing and seeing how everything is changing and moving and then how do i play a part of that as well well because right? it's important that's important oh ab- absolutely i love what you said there about like the the ebb and flow and like knowing when to go when to stay when to when to throw in a comment, when not to kind of thing. Um, <laughs> well, it's like the whole, you know, if we talk about Jesus at all, you know, there are those verses where it's like, you know, be slow to speak and quick to listen. It takes us a long time to learn when we do that, mm-hmm. right? And when do we speak up? And then it also takes time to learn, like, when do we say the, what's the right thing for me to say in this moment? And what's the wrong thing for me to say in this moment, right? You look at it, yeah. but you also have to, you know, the only way that you learn is you have to kind of watch the game tape. <laughs> right okay right okay that or you okay, have that to, wasn't a good thing for me to say i probably shouldn't have said that. or you have to play enough games to realize like yeah no if i pass it over here it's just not gonna go like just yeah don't, just don't you know yeah not 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 smart or also to realize i can't make that pass anymore i used mm-hmm. to be able to make that pass but now i got an elbow thing so it's not gonna <laughs> make it there you know it's, so this has been in my advanced old age. Um, so th- I've had to learn this, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to eventually get here to the to the to how it applies to life. And I think we're applying a lot to work here tonight. But like, so I uh, up until 2018, when I was 38 years old, um, I prided myself on the fact that I still played basketball at a very very high level. In fact, uh, in 2018, we uh, every every year we would go and play in this big tournament in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, called the HITs, and it was this big charity tournament for this Lutheran high school. There were 64 teams of of all different levels, and we played in the there's the top level, which is guys who just got done playing Division One or Division Two basketball, and that those guys were were really good. Our team used to play in that in that in that division until like six or seven years ago okay because our our guys that we play with are all guys who played college sports or have been playing basketball at a high level for a long time so we were able to play at that level we're now in the second division which is a at the time is a bunch of like 25 to 35 year olds who are very good at basketball right and so i'm in a championship basketball game in this tournament we made the championship team and we're playing against guys who all either played college basketball there was a guy who recently had played in the NBA D league. They used to call it the D league, the development league. Right. So high caliber yeah. of play. Right. And I prided myself on like playing at that high level. Right. Like 
I could get on a court and if there's 22 year olds dunking, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. I'm still going to get my 20 points and I'm still like, my team is probably still going to win. Right. Mm-hmm. And I tore my ACL in that championship game down for 19 seconds left. Like we were, we were so close. Right. And go ahead and tell me that you guys were going to, you were going to win the game. Oh, we were, we, we, we could, we, we were right in there, but we lost, we lost, we lost. I mean, so what a, <laughs> how, okay. When you tweet your ACL, yeah. what goes through your mind? Like I knew right away. Cause you hear the pop and like, you're like, yeah, oh. you know, and you're just like, well, maybe it was just something else, you know? And mm-hmm. the ACL is weird because like, I could still kind of like move around on it. And so like, mm-hmm. there's two seconds left and we had one more opportunity. I had hit a bunch of threes in that game. So I like came back in and I was like, well, I can't move very much, but I'm going to least... still have, a, you still have a little bit of adrenaline running through you. Too. Right. I was like, well, I'm going to at least go stand over here so that they at least guard me and hopefully open up somebody else. Right. Anyway, I tore my ACL. So all of 18 and into 19, I'm rehabbing my knee. And so I didn't get to play the, 1819 basketball season, right? Of um, mm-hmm. men's open gym, you know, and all the different leagues that I played in and things like that. And so end of 19 and coming into 2020, I am just getting back and getting back to like actually being athletic, you know, and playing basketball and finding my shot again. And it took like two months. Yeah. Until I was back to like, real tom playing basketball mm-hmm. right oh this is how i do this right right and it and i had just gotten back to being kind of dominant again and then covid hit and we all went home <laughs> like I, i'm not kidding you i had two weeks i had two weeks where i'm like okay i'm back baby covid right and then i didn't play the entire 2021 season because again of covid and so now i came back and I'm just, I'm three years older. I'm, and I'm, and this whole time I haven't played basketball and I'm just not the same player anymore. I played last night or, or Sunday night and I'm like the fifth option. And I'm oh. not, I know it hurts my heart. Right. And like all I... the other, all the other guys are just much better. And I'm like, I can't do what I do anymore. Right. And so as the night went on, I was like, okay. And I figured out like, here's how I'm going to pick my spots. Here's where I can be helpful. Give me the ball. I will just distribute the ball and things like that. So very long story, because I wanted to tell you how awesome I was at basketball, but also, <laughs> which is very important for the listener to understand. You need that to, you're know. not, you, you, you aren't, you aren't just a business fan. You, I'm a, I'm you a baller. Play. I'm a baller. <laughs> but it's Tanner, true. Tanner, you, you were with me. I did. I, and to be honest, I think you and I both surprised each other with how good we were. Oh my gosh. You were so good. You were so smooth, crafty, sneaky. I was not yes. anymore. <laughs> not I'm anymore. Not, I'm not crafty or sneaky, nope. but, <laughs> but th- this is the thing it's learning. Mm-hmm. It's you, you said earlier, learning to pick your spots. But like I have learned, okay, I am not this person anymore. Where can I be successful? And I think that's where we have to like, like really learn in that in, in life. Like you, I, I'm so jealous of you, like envious or jealous in the best way possible that Tanner, you have found the thing that you love to do, that you are good at doing. And you have, 
you've figured out how you can turn that thing into supporting your family, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you make millions or whether you make thousands, whatever, right? Or hundreds. I I don't know, man. It's like, yeah, yeah. But like, I smile, I smile a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But like, but you've been able to, you've been able to find that. And that's amazing, right? Like, I don't think very many people get to do that in life. Right. And it's very easy to say, Hey man, go find your dream, go find what you're good at and then go do that. No, some of us just have to pay the bills. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, but if you can within whatever vocation you're in, if you can find a a space where you can say, look, I'm good at this, or I'm good at directing traffic within my department, or I'm good at doing this one thing and doing it very well. And that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to stand on. I think that's really important. And that's what, again, I've learned at basketball. You and I both learned we're really good at being a point guard, right? And that's the position for us because I'm not going to rebound. I'm not going to play defense. And I'm certainly not big. So, like, and I'm very fragile. I'm a very fragile fragile person inside and out. Well, I, and I will, I'll say this um, for just kind of comparing what I do to basketball. um, I love what I get to do. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I know there's a few of the things that I probably could do and would like to do, but this is what I'm doing right now. And I, and I really enjoy it. I love what I get to, to do each day, but I'm not in the NBA. Right. Like I'm, I'm not, if we're comparing this to like, I'm not in the NBA, if anything, I'm playing in Lithuania and I might be coming off the bench, but like, I'm still playing. And I still like, you know, I, I get to, if this was basketball, I get to be playing basketball every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, it looks different than what I thought it was going to look like, but I'm extremely grateful to be able to have the opportunity to do this with my life. Uh, and yeah, I, I work really hard to be on this Lithuanian team, but like <laughs> I'm still on the team and I'm still, and I'm still playing, right? Like I'm still, I'm still living this, 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 this dream, this idea that I had 10 years ago or almost 10 years ago to be a full-time writer. I get to do that. Um, but it hasn't, you know, didn't come easy. And it took a lot of time sitting on the bench and waiting my turn and eventually getting in the game. All well, right. That all connected. That all connected. Look at that. Look at all. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take it one step further. Um, we've talked about LeBron. LeBron is like 36 years old this year or something like that. 37. Yeah. 37. Yeah. And so, well, Tom Brady today retired. We've mm-hmm. already mentioned that. Um, at some point, they have to stop playing basketball, right? right? Like you cannot continue to play basketball. I mean, I'm sure you could. I play in my guys' league, which is a, at this point a bunch of guys who are now used to be 25 to 35 year olds, and now we're all like 35 to 45 year olds. You know, and game has slowed down just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, and I'm sure this crew will, will, will keep it going until, but like at some point, like mo- you don't see a lot of 60 year old dudes out there. Right. You might see that one or two 50 right, right. year olds, you know, but like by the, that time, most yeah. of us have hung it up, but in terms of like professionals, like they're done in their late thirties. Right. Yeah. So you have found you're playing basketball for Lithuania. You are a, <laughs> you have been able to do poetry and writing. Do you see yourself in terms of this grand metaphor of, of, of an athlete, do you see yourself having to hang it up at some point and go get a quote unquote real job? Or is this something that you can kind of like, we'll switch, we'll switch our sports here, kind of be able to continue to play golf until you. Yes. Yeah. You know, 
I, I think I'll still, I will still be involved in the sport of writing somehow, somewhere. Now, obviously, I don't know what that looks like, but mm-hmm. I have a lot of ideas and I've been working on a couple of different projects, nonprofits, things like that, in order to kind of stay in the same arena uh, and, and create and, and spread hope in the ways that I do that. Uh, but like, let's be honest, like I'm not, I'm eventually, am I going to run out of words? I'll run out of some things to say, or at least I'll get to a point where I'm like, you know what, I, I, I don't want to keep writing poetry or this style. So my style of writing will certainly change up in the future. I know sure. that it will. Um, but I also know that my way of my way of living is going to change too. Like I'm not going to travel and go do poetry and storytelling events. I, that's just not, that's not going to be for, I, I can't see myself doing that at 45 years old, you know, sure. like yeah. I can do that. At, I can do that at 32, but I don't think I can do that at 45. Like that would be, it'd also be kind of weird if I was like, Hey, can I come read, you know, some poetry to your third graders? Uh, yes, I'm a 45 year old man. Like that's just like, that's not, that's not something I want to do. Yeah. Um, but, but I also, I, I think about that and I'm like, so I'm trying to enjoy where I'm at right now. Sure. Like, even though I, it, it's hard and it's difficult and it is, it is a lot. I do know that time is ticking and eventually I'll have to change lanes, change gears and, and do something different. Well, I mean, and hopefully you take this as words of encouragement, but like, there's so many different paths that this could take. Tanner I mean you're an incredibly talented guy and so like you could be you it could be the story of you doing your thing and toiling and toiling and then all of a sudden like you write a book or you write a poem that just takes Mm -hmm. off and all of a sudden you're in the national spotlight and this is now literally what you do for the rest of your life you have to do one poem a year and it's amazing right you know and yeah would be great would be great it's like that that young woman who did the po uh the poem at Biden's inauguration that like stole the show. Yeah. What was her name? Uh Amanda Gorman. Yeah. Yeah, like she's amazing, you know, and she'll probably like she'll probably if she does it right, she can she can ride that forever, right? I'm gonna tell you right now, she is set. She yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean but, I, but that but she'll keep at it. She'll keep at it. I mean, I don't know enough. I mean, she seemed genuinely very talented, you know. And she um, is she is very good. Yes. Yeah. But like I also couldn't tell on that. Like you could throw no, like 12 people up there. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and that's the thing, is it well, as you and I both know with sports in general, and we don't talk about this a lot, luck plays a huge part into mm-hmm. all of this. Absolutely. It, I mean, and I have caught a couple of really great breaks, whether that's just somebody introducing me to one other person, you know, but it is like, she worked, Amanda Gorman, let's talk about her for a second. She obviously works really hard. Mm. And like, I, th- I think she went to Harvard for poetry. Like she's brilliant. She's a very yeah. brilliant individual and like overcame like a speech impediment and is still working through that, right? But like she overcame a lot to be where she was. Yeah. And, but she also got lucky, yep. right? That doesn't negate the hard work. Not at all. That doesn't negate the talent. Not at all. There are extremely talented people all over this world who nobody knows anything about because right. I don't know, because the person who has the power didn't say, Hey, you come do this thing. Right. So, so, I mean, so that's one potential avenue for you is like something happens that you get this lucky break and all of a sudden you are nationally known. Right. You also have, yeah. you could somehow 
you know, can you uh, found this, found this kind of keep doing your thing? Yeah. You're maybe not doing poetry for third graders anymore, but you maybe are doing it now for this or that, or maybe you're just writing enough books to kind of keep you at a level that you want to be right. Or maybe it's okay. Um, I'm going to go do this other job, but you write a book every once in a while that, that brings in enough income that, that allows you to maybe work a job that you love more that doesn't pay as much. But, mm -hmm. but now because you have $20,000 in royalties coming in or whatever that you can, that, oh yeah, right? Yeah, like that'd be great, right? Or maybe, or maybe it becomes, you're gonna come work for Thrivent or something and your hobby becomes poetry yeah. and, and well, whatnot. And, and, I've, and I've done that, I've done that, like I've done, I, you know, I worked at camp full time. I worked at a church full time and I wrote on the side. Um, and I think a lot of times people will look at maybe where I'm at or where other authors or creatives or, or whatever are. And they'll be like, oh, well, they just kind of like, it just all happened for them. Like, no, I've been, I've been doing this for nine years. And two of those years were me doing this full time. So it takes a little while for you to say, no, I'm not going to do this uh, I can't do this full time because I have to put in the work in this area. Uh, or what I would always say was the the job I was doing was funding my ministry, mm -hmm. right? Like the thing that I really wanted to do was a thing that I had to do after five o'clock in the evening, right? Like I would work my nine to five, I would come home and I would work my five to nine. Yeah, like that's just how yeah. it, you have to do that. Uh, but that all came, you know, I was able to do that because I learned hard work and consistency from basketball there it is and we all learned it from the orlando magic oh we did i love oh man well by the way we just lost the chicago bulls uh which is fine <laughs> which is fine no i was not watching a basketball game while we were doing this podcast that would have been irresponsible and rude you're, you're maybe keeping an eye on it that's i was that's, keeping an eye yeah they were yeah. keeping an eye on me was more like it but <laughs> No, uh, well, I mean, good listeners, I think we've come to a, a, a good point here. Uh, when we started tonight, we said, hey, let's talk about basketball because that's the thing we love to talk about, right? But, uh, but then we're like, we should also talk about something serious. Let's do two separate things. But I think we actually managed to bring them together. So hopefully you stuck through the, the Orlando magic uh, and like – analysis of the, NBA. The, the history of basketball yeah <laughs> i love i mean i i i have always one thing that i wish that i had done 10 years ago and it is start an nba podcast had i known that podcasting was going to be a real thing right like when i was in high school podcasting wasn't a thing yet right had I known it was, I've been like all in on, I'm going to be an NBA reporter and I'm just going to talk about basketball all of the time. I'm going to Man. analyze the game. I'm going to tell you who I think is the greatest. I'm going to tell you why, why we got to keep an eye on this team. I'll tell you right now why the Orlando Magic actually have something good, even though we have the worst record in the NBA, right? Like I would love to be able to do something like that. And maybe, maybe that's what I do after I'm done writing. Oh man. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, hope you enjoyed listening here. A little different format here with, uh, with Tanner and I, but uh, this is the funny thing. We have been doing this podcast for five or six years now. It's, it's actually been a while, right? Mm -hmm. 
and we have a phone number and Gabe and Josh know it off the top of their heads and I kind of know it, but I was like, hey, and text us at 612-262, I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know, it's been forever, we've said it a million times, I have no idea what our text number is, so. So listen to previous episodes, find it. Go go find another one, you you know it, so uh, thanks for hanging with us, I hope you have a good night, this is Pine Class Preachers. (laughs) 